This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And as always, we greet our soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, and the civilians serving by their side. Uh, here in studio, we have Captain Steve Mamano. Howdy. And uh, at our Florida location, our south of the Mason-Dixon line studios, it's Colonel Paul Simonelli. Thanks, Robert. Ah. Uh got to ask you something, though. What's that? Um, I haven't gotten the rent check from <laughs> Southern Studio. Well, I would get, you know what? I would get a paper route if I were you. <laughs> Maybe know, mow some lawns down there, you know? I'm going to have to start collection proceedings. Good luck. <laughs> did, did you have a paper route when you were a kid? I didn't have a paper route, but I was like... The substitute guy for the, all the kids in the neighborhood that had one. Yes, that was me. That's exactly what it was with me. I, did, I didn't have one either, but when, when my buddy uh, Jerry went on a vacation where, with, with the Boy Scouts or whatever, I took his route. So, so yeah, how, did, how did you learn the route if you weren't the regular guy? Uh, it was all written down. Where, where did it go? Just gave you a where, where to put it. You know, yeah, so and so likes you. his you know, paper in the, the side door wow. and all that. Yeah. Man, and that's Sunday delivery. That was painful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the inserts and all that. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. Was it Wednesday or Thursday? You'd spend forever oh, yeah. putting those Folding them up inserts and, together. Yeah, they're painful. And The uh, TV section. Remember the TV oh, section? man. Back when we used to use it, you know, that was yeah. like. You, the TV you, guy. Oh, you didn't, you didn't get one of those. You were, you were fit to be tied. So funny. You had three channels, and uh, you had like. A pound and a half of paper to tell you how to watch it. And now today, you've got 500 channels. Oh, there's nothing on TV tonight. For sure. Well, awful lot going on in the world. Try to give it some uh, historical perspective today. Uh, So when uh, President Trump came into office, he, uh, he was committed to getting rid of ISIS and... He uh, dispatched the necessary forces into Syria, Jordan, Iraq, and fairly quickly uh, disposed of ISIS. Uh, A few remnants. And then he made his supreme mistake. Steve, do you know what that supreme mistake was? No, I'm 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 trying to think about what he did that might have been uh, an error, and I can't uh, I can't think of it offhand. Well, he made a supreme mistake for someone inside the Beltway. He said, "Bring the troops home," and for the bureaucrats, for those entrenched people in Washington, and for those non-elected officials that really run the government, that was the cardinal sin. That's and right. at that point, he became persona non grata, 
in Washington, D.C. Yes, because per- he perpetual he wars wanted are what to we bring need. the troops home. And he could do no right from that minute forward. And if you look at the presence of our troops in that region, now they did everything in their power to slow down. His military people said, we can't bring them home. We can't. We have to face Russia. We have to be there to be a buffer for Israel. I mean, every excuse known to man. Gentleman Jim Mattis, you know, started to have heart palpitations. Everybody could not stand the thought of us removing ourselves from that region. Well, didn't Uh, he kind of run on that? I mean, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He said it, but the same thing. Same thing happened when he said, move our embassy to Jerusalem. Same exact thing happened. Everybody inside the Beltway lost their shirt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the word I was going to use, but right. you know what I meant. I know. Um, the things he said he was going to do when he did them, and they went against the culture, against the history of the people inside the Beltway. Um, it, and you see, they had to get rid of them. And I'm going to touch on the Ukraine just for a second, because, and then I'll bring it back to the Middle East. Same thing. 2014, uh, Henry Kissinger, whether you love him or hate him, uh, he wrote uh, an essay in 2014 uh, focusing on the Ukraine. And I thought it was very rational. He said, we need to leave a buffer for Russia. And Russia has to have its warm water port. Says who? Who said that? Bob? That was me. Yeah. Well, don't you think that that's uh, kind of uh, contrary to our interests for Russia to have a warm water port? Well, what? So, all right, let's step back for a second. What is our long-term interest, long-term interest with Russia? Making sure that we're dominant over them? And is is our dominance a guarantee? What does that guarantee for us? There's no guarantees. Wouldn't it? Isn't our true? Isn't our true long term to re, to avoid a conflict? That's what it is. That's that's what we're. Our objective has always been to maintain some sort of. Uh, uh, I don't want to say detente, but. Uh, but uh, accommodation with the with the old Soviet Union to to allow them to do the things that they have to do without impinging on the freedom of the surrounding, you know, countries. Well, do, do we think, do we imagine, just a rhetorical question here, do we imagine that if Russia had their warm water port, uh, that that would contribute to peace in the world or would that lead to greater uh, po- political adventurism? So, here's what I here's what I think. This is just my opinion. Sure. I think Russia believes in order to survive they need a warm water port, not to to go around the world and take advantage and 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 to be a superpower. I think in the Russian mind, in the leadership of Russia, 
They believe they need a warm water port to survive, to exist. And I think if you go back and read history and, 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 and the thinking of the people who have formed uh, policy in Russia, that that's been a belief for more than a century. Yeah, 107. Not, not, not that they're going to do great because they have a warm water port, but that it's an element of survival. Well, couldn't they have had that if they had some sort of, uh, you know, a friendly relationship with uh, with Ukraine? I mean, couldn't they have already had that? So, possibly. But the point is, I'm trying to get at here, is I think with what we're doing in the Ukraine right now, I think a pragmatic approach, a realistic approach, there hasn't been an election in the Ukraine in how many years now? A lot the of Ukraine's, years. The Ukraine, uh, Ukraine has been locking up religious leaders. Uh, there's nothing about the Ukraine right now that supports some type of government that we want to support, that symbolizes some sort of government we want to support. And we've dumped hundreds of billions of dollars into the Ukraine. And what we've done is allowed Russia to kill potentially hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians. And potentially work towards the destruction of the Ukrainian nationality with really no chance for, of Ukraine ever winning this. No, there's no way so, the so Ukraine's going to win it. I'm confused. What, what's what's your end game here, Colonel? Yeah. What what uh, what do you want? Do you want uh, do you want Ukraine to just uh, become a, a a vassal state of Russia? Is that the way to peace? Do you think? Well, that's one way to peace. I'm not saying it has to be that way. It might end up being that way now, because Ukraine has been reduced so much. Uh, the population has been reduced so much. I don't know that what else much more that it can be. Well, either then, way, I mean, if if you look at the scenario, the either scenario, either way, uh, Ukraine is going to become subsumed by Russia, right? Either it didn't have it, to be. How? How would that happen? It didn't have to be. There was a negotiated way to do this. Isn't that isn't that kind of like uh, um, a wolf and two sheep having a little discussion about what's uh, you know what's for dinner? I mean, isn't that the kind of negotiation that would go on? Not necessarily. Okay. So you think, think Russia, the, whole, the whole war could have I, we been don't, avoided? I don't know. Or? I don't know that we have a clear picture of of when I say we. Yeah. I think the people in power probably do. I don't know that we as citizens know what Russia really wanted out of this. Um, well, they and, wanted a warm water port, and the, the way to get that would be through Ukraine, would it not? Right. Through a land land bridge through Ukraine. And I think that's ultimately what they were seeking, and to regain some dignity in the process. 
and that could have all happened in a few months. And, but all of a sudden, for some reason, the, the military-industrial complex and the bureaucrats in Washington and the old Cold War mentality of Washington said that we had to support this all-out war in Eastern Europe. We can talk more about it when we come back. And then I want to flip back to the Middle East uh, when we come back with more Valor Radio. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Your stuff deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Follow Radio. We are back in here. And, uh, uh, Colonel, let me just ask you real quick a, a rhetorical question here, uh, 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 you know, if if this uh, negotiated peace uh, with uh, resulting in a land bridge uh, across Ukraine had taken place uh, with Putin, um, do, do, do you not think that that would lead to more uh, political intrigue and adventurism in the Mideast on the part of Russia? I don't. I don't. Uh, I think it. I think it would. Uh, that's a a thing that could be handled other ways. We have so many ways to manage uh, any adventurism by Russia or by other countries. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that now when we get back into the Middle East. But the bottom line I'm getting to is that I think uh, what, what's going on in Washington is we've got, we've got ancient senators that are still thinking like the Cold War is going on, um, and that have been uh, bought over and over again by defense contractors and are either senile or just thinking like um, like people were thinking 50 years ago 
we've got, uh, and, and most of them are Republicans, and so they're worthless to the Republican Party. Uh, they go along with who's ever in power just so they can maintain their own power. And, and so it doesn't matter who's in power because um, they're just going to go along to get along. We've got, you know, we've got the military-industrial complex. We've got the bureaucrats in Washington that are really running things. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, we saw Trump try to break that. He wasn't there long enough to do it. But when he kept the few promises that he kept, uh, like moving the embassy or trying to take the troops out, I, I would ask people, just get on your computer and Google around, go around a little bit and look at the number of locations where U.S. troops are stationed in that part of the world, the number of locations. And there's got to be 30 or 40 of them where we have small troop concentrations that are just hanging out there waiting for something like this to happen, what happened. And... While we still don't know all the details, we know we've got three troops killed, eight seriously injured, others, uh, you know, a whole slew of other troops injured, and and they're sitting out there at Tower Twenty Two, this tiny little base in Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the purpose of that? Well, that's that's a good question. Yeah, I would ve- I would venture to guess that most Americans didn't even know that we had troops in Jordan. And we've got them all over the place. Yeah, we do. Sitting ducks. Uh, the base, known as Tower 22, sits near the demilitarized zone on the border between Jordan and Syria along a sandy bulldoze berm marking the DMZ's southern edge. The Iraqi border is only six miles away. Tower 22 began as a Jordanian outpost watching the border, then saw increased U.S. presence there after American forces entered Syria in 2015. The small installation includes U.S. engineering, aviation, logistics, and security troops with about 350 U.S. Army and Air Force personnel deployed there. Hmm. That's substantial, 350. Yeah, why why are the Jordanians running there? (laughs) The base's location offers a site for American forces to infiltrate and quietly leave Syria. How'd that work out? (laughs) A small garrison uh, of El Tanif in Syria is just 12 miles north of the tower. The bases along the Syrian highway leading into Iraq and ultimately Mosul, once a prominent base of Islamic State group. Um, it's also a potential weapons shipment route over a, route, a road for Iran. So there's, um, I mean, it, it goes on talking about it. So it has some operational, maybe strategic value, but mm-hmm. why is it our issue? Go ahead, I, I don't get it. Yeah. And this is just one of 30 or 40 of these little outposts. But you got to hand it to the bad guys. They, they knew where the chink in the armor was. I mean, here's a perfect example of uh, a terrorist group, Islamic Resistance in Iraq, IR, they call them, claiming credit for the attack. And what they ended up doing was they infiltrated a drone into a, a, a small outpost where we use drones, and the the way they were able to get their drone through was by just coming coming in at low altitude, 
and making the uh, air defense uh, people responsible believe that it was one of ours. So they cracked that code pretty quickly. And now I bet you all over the Middle East, the American air defense uh, uh, protocol has changed dramatically. I mean, here's a here's a twenty thousand uh, uh, dollar drone that that uh, the IR terrorists uh, were able to uh, uh, in, in, infiltrate our uh, our air defense system, and uh, they let it through, and it turned out to be a a, a hostile and killed uh, three people and injured uh, like about thirty more the, heavily. You know, the lesson learned here: the Pentagon believes that. This is similar to about 160 other attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria in recent months. 160. So it took a while for them to learn. Yeah. And oh, I still, you know what? I don't think we've, we figured it out yet, Paul. The odds are always going to catch up. Mm-hmm. The odds are always going to catch up. Um, and, and so. What a hard way to learn, though, the lesson there. That you know, if you have, if, if you're, you're operating drones, something coming in might not be ours, and you know the, the the operator has a few seconds to make a decision, and generally they're risk averse. They're like, well, I'm not going to shoot that down. I'm not going to be responsible for shooting down one of our drones. Well, guess what? You didn't do it, and it costs three people their lives. It doesn't make any sense. Ours, there's beacons. There, there's trans. Transponders yeah, I, I, on these I, I, things. F, yeah. I don't get this. Yeah, I, I, we just don't know. Yeah. We just don't know enough. Anyway, the bottom line is: what do we have to have these thirty or forty bases there? What are we accomplishing? What is our strategic objective? What is the end game for the United States of America being there? Uh, I'll tell you what it is, Paul. Coalition building. We like the idea of having uh, strength in numbers. You know, we like having Jordan on our side, or when they are on our side, uh, we like, uh, you know, having the Saudis uh, in our corner once in a while. But um, in the end, um, if we don't operate our, according to our own set of rules, uh, I mean, that's Americans, I mean, uh, we're going to eventually uh, have to rely on these other people, and they're not reliable. And uh, what we're doing out there right now is just waiting for an accident to happen. It's just a, another me, accident waiting to we're happen. Creating an opportunity for a justification for these hawks, including um, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, yeah, Lindsey Graham. What I heard, you know, who's becoming a hawk again is uh, uh, General Wesley Clark, former yep. NATO commander, yep. who says that the U.S. should stop saying we don't want to escalate, quote unquote. Which I agree with them there. I, if I have to hear John Kirby say we're not looking for a war with Iran one more time. Uh, maybe we ought to be looking for a war with Iran. Maybe well, we... they're, they're at war with us. Right. Well, you know what? That's what, exactly what's we going just on. Have to be, we just have to be more, much more sophisticated. I can, I can think of five or six things we can do that we have complete plausible deniability. Right. Because Iran is denying any connection to these things. You want to know what the number one on my hit list is? I think um, we have to go after... Uh, the MV Bashad. Steve, you remember what that is? Is that the spy ship? Is, is that a ship? That's that. Motor- looks like a tanker that's sitting out. Um, that's 
That's their com- uh, command and surveillance ship that belongs to the Islamic Revolutionary Guard. It's still that they out say there. Isn't their ship. Why isn't that on the bottom of the ocean? Why don't we sink that? <laughs> well, you know what? That would actually meet the definition of what Joe Biden says he's trying to do. Right now, they're saying, well, we're going to retaliate at a time of our choosing. Well, we know they're not going to retaliate against land-based targets in Iran. We know that. But my point is, why not go to sea? Why not hit them at sea where they are right now? That would be a perfect target. Well, we're not even hitting them. We're I know. We're hitting them and we're not hitting them. Yeah, well, we're this not. Is just, this is just a ship that's loitering out there. And we could say, oops, and you know what? And it would put most of the hootie targeting out of business, at least temporarily. So, all right, I'm hearing some music. When we come back, more with Valor Radio. That's right, the WYSL stations, Captain Steve Amano and Colonel Paul Sinanelli. And yours truly, FM 92.1, FM 95.5 West, AM 1040. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplane Museum. Never had Once again, here is the Colonel from the Florida studios. Thanks, Robert. And I just want to take a quick minute to welcome uh, some new sponsors uh, John and uh, Jasmine Watson from uh, Hidden Treasure Storage. Uh, I heard their commercial playing uh, in the earlier break, and I just want to welcome them aboard. Yes, indeed. Uh, they're a great family. Uh, got to work with uh, both of them and uh, look forward to having them as part of the Valor Radio team. Fantastic. Yes, thanks so much. Hidden Treasures out there in Farmington. Loomis yeah, they Road. A, they got a great facility, and if you need uh, some temporary storage or long-term storage, uh, give them a call. Uh, they're using the best technology uh, to protect your uh, property, and uh, I know uh, they'll take good care of you. So, and let them know uh, you heard about it on Valor Radio. So, welcome, uh, John and Jasmine. So, anyway, I know. We're getting pretty animated about all of this, but uh, just uh, just something that's uh, just can't understand what the people in power, this administration, what they're trying to achieve uh, with the decisions that they're making. I, just for the life of me, I, whether I agree with them or not, I just can't see what their terminal objectives are. Colonel, doesn't this, let me just ask you, does this not boil down to competence? Don't you think? I, I mean, the, 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 what we're talking about here really is the quality of decision-making, right? What am I missing? Well, it's deliberate, though. Well, they're making deliberate decisions, not, not out of stupidity, not out of uh, you know, wishful thinking. They're just they're doing it intentionally. You could ask why they're doing it, I have my own suspicions about why they're doing it. Isn't that competence, though? 
I mean, if, if they're, you know, with, with great uh, poise and confidence, they're going out and doing stupid things, that's a competence. I don't know. What am I missing? Yeah. I don't know. So I got to bring up a story. You know, I read a lot of different newspapers every day. And um, earlier today, uh, Israeli special operations team, now is a, they're naval commandos. And I'm not sure if I'm going to say this correctly or not. It's, I think it's Shayatat 13, I think is what it, they're called. Mm. Um, but they're, they're about as special operators they get um, in Israeli special operations. Uh, by the way, Steve or, or Bob, have either of you ever seen the series called Fauda, F-A-U-D-A, no. on no. Netflix? Oh, it's a great series, Israeli-made. It's about their special operations in the Israeli Defense Force. Absolutely great series. Well, I'll bet. I think they took a page out of Fauda. Um, the, uh, this naval special operations team, uh, armed with uh, suppressed weapons and dressed as women and doctors, hmm. um, were able to infiltrate into a hospital in the West Bank that was being uh, used uh, for uh, hiding uh, Hamas, high-ranking Hamas people, and they were able to assassinate three high-ranking members of Hamas. Well, now um, I understand why we, all, we had all the emphasis on drag queen shows. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. there was some method to our madness, huh? No, you have no idea. I and the great I... thing about this is I was hunting around online, yeah. and I actually found a video from inside the hospital of these people coming in, and you don't see the assassin, but you see him entering <laughs> and <laughs> taking control of the scene. And it looked like, looked like a scene right out of Fauda. Really? So i got to <laughs> give these guys credit. They do know their trade, and they know they what their do. objective is. Uh and they're they're working towards it. I think it's very clear they know what their terminal objective is, and they're working towards it in spite of all the noise, in in spite of everything that's happening yeah. around. Um, well, they I'll haven't you, lost I'll sight of their objective. Thing, Paul, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the, the 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 mat for somebody, do it for the Israelis because they've got the capability like nobody else. And if I would feel safe being in in, in the the trenches with the Israelis. In the end, there's no better there's no better friend, no worse foe than the Israelis. Absolutely, absolutely. They are warriors. They, they are. They are. You know, and they've had their they've had their share. They of, of mistakes that they've mm -hmm. made, um, but they learn from their mistakes, though. They learn from their mistakes, yeah. and uh, we don't. They apparently. move on, but it's always been. I don't think there's ever been a lack of clarity about what their strategic objectives have been. And that's been the survival of Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and they've made hard decisions. They've made hard compromises. Um, they've made hard policy decisions. And sometimes very unpopular ones, but always with the terminal objective, you know, the survival and, and the advancement of Israel. And we do not see that at home. We just don't seem to see 
at times it doesn't feel like our own people that are in charge in our country mm -hmm. are working for the the betterment of this country ultimately well yeah i, I think it's this uh this value system that where they see themselves as citizens of the world and that's fatal it's ultimately fatal so steve uh-huh you know, we're constantly reading i guess we didn't hear about it before but we're constantly reading about people being relieved that are in command oh boy in the services yeah um i don't know i i, I think it's a it's a a, 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 a disease that's going around the navy because th well, this is like the services. 17th 17th commander navy uh, co to be uh, relieved of ship command this year, so far this year so the year is very young is more of them are happening it's not just no it's not your imagination we're hearing about them right no, so is that what you think? More yeah. of them are happening. Yeah, more of them. I think I, I believe more of them are happening. We're not. It's not just that we're we're getting uh, you know clarity on ones that have already happened. I think we're actually seeing uh, a, a a a trend. So, are our senior commanders not allowing commanders to learn their job on the job, or are the standards unrealistic? Or are the commanders subpar, or is it a combination of those things? I, I, it's what's, a combination what's of all three, Paul. I think that, uh, I mean, you're the one that you sent me a couple of days ago uh, that just uh, threw me for a loop was uh, uh, the uh, uh, Ticonderoga class uh, USS Lake Erie. The uh, they showed a picture. You sent a picture of the CEO, and. I go, okay, here we go again. And here's another one. Apparently this uh, um, captain uh, was abusive to her crew um, and uh, was uh, accused of uh, making contact with members of, of her, her uh, on the bridge with her, her uh, sailors. Now, you don't, you don't lay hands on your people. That's number one. But um, there's a, a couple things going on here. There, there's just a bad overall command climate you can see that just in the, in the stories they were telling now i don't i don't i always take everything with a grain of salt when i hear that the commander did this i want to hear about what the other side uh, is accused of having done now she talked about incompetence by her you know her navigation staff by her helmsmen uh you know the, the kind of stuff that happens all the time on ships but it was the way she handled it that indicated to me that she either was not prepared for the job, and she should have been as a captain. I mean, she's been in, in, in the Navy long enough to know how you treat people, how you don't treat people. Or if, 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 she's, a, um, if she's been in a, a command where she had to uh, you know, be in a uh, combat setting or a, uh, an underway uh, um, you know, uh, situation, she should have known the things that were, were uh, off limits, the things that were, that, that were proper and right, and, and things that were taboo. And she apparently just didn't know where, where the line was, and she made some bad mistakes. And her people uh, went right to the, 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 the principal and reported her. Right. And, it's, well, it's, and all the way around, it's a, a bad situation. Now, if you, you listen to what happened in that ship and where the ship is now, it, it just does a disservice to that, that ship. Sure does. All right, I'm hearing some music uh, when we come back. More with Valor Radio. The WYSL stations. Mr. Prove your love is true. 
Go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. Your stuff. Deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Veterans Outreach Center and the Flag Store on South Avenue, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. And back to the Florida studios where we find Colonel Paul Simonelli champing at the bit. Thanks, Robert. So, Steve, uh, I guess this year uh, the Navy is the first to do it. The Navy uh, has suspended uh, high school diploma requirement uh, in an attempt. Is to, that true? Uh, the Army's reach. not doing that, then, huh? I I haven't seen it. Uh huh. Um, well, I wouldn't put it past the Navy to do it to be the first ones to do it because their numbers are pretty lousy right now. Yeah, but I can't imagine that there's too many jobs in the Navy anymore that you can get away with that. That's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're, you're right. This is a high-tech Navy. You can't, you can't just hire, you know, slugs, 
guys who've been, you know, uh, you know, fixing mufflers or whatever to, to be you know, run, you know, uh, uh, air defense systems or or gunnery. You just can't do it. But they're doing it. Apparently, they their numbers are so bad that they need people, uh, you know, right now. And the way to do that is to recruit non high school uh, graduating uh, sailors. Unbelievable. And and, and non GED equivalents. Um, now the thing is, your first thought is, oh my God, they're going to do that. Uh, I, I sent it to a friend of mine, and he was a Marine a retired Marine Lieutenant Colonel. But he first came in the military through into the U.S. Navy out of high school at the age of 17 with permission of his parents. So he didn't have a job. He was a, a kid, and he first thought was, you know, it was okay for me. I said, well, you know, Bill, you were, you're, you were a force to reckon with. You know, there are some people probably could do it, but I don't think too many can, can just jump into a job in the Navy anymore. I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I just looked it up while you were talking, Steve, and it looks like right now it's only the Navy. But I agree with you. I can't imagine there are too many jobs that – and I know a high school diploma isn't even what it used to be. I guess that's the other thing. Um, Right. You know, we were always told when I was in the Army that things were written at sixth grade level. Oh, we used to have a ball when we heard out that the army had these um, manuals that had like a it was like a comic book where they had pictures of guys. This is how you put the flange on, and this is how you you tighten the nut. I mean, there's actually well, you know it's interesting. You should raise that because they just announced it's a maintenance uh, book that used to come out monthly, uh-huh. and after almost fifty years. They've just decided to stop printing it. But I will tell you, that was the most useful publication that I saw in my 30 years in the really? military. That, I could good. not wait. Then it was good that they had yeah, it. Yeah, I could not wait for that to come out. <laughs> Isn't that um, something? It was done in a cartoon format, uh-huh. but it was unbelievably informative. And the information that they shared in there um, was just – I mean, I learned – so much from that you as learned. a new that's, lieutenant. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's, it really that's was. something, yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, it, there's a lot of uh, uh, talk going around social media in the Army about them uh, shutting this publication down because it's been so useful over the years. Really? Um, well, I'm sorry they're know, doing it. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's interesting. Maybe there's a better way for them to do it. Well, we used to get but, a big kick out of it when we heard about it because everybody said, yeah, you know, in the Army, they got like a comic book to show you how to do stuff. And I'm thinking, well, does it work? You it's know, mar- it, marketing. If it's, it works. It was called, okay. it was called PM Magazine. PM? Preventive Maintenance. Preventive Maintenance. Magazine. Wow. And, um, you know, it was uh, like six by eight inches. Um, and, and it was, you know, a colored... Mm-hmm. format yeah. you know and really there's tremendous amount of information in there and you know when they when they found mistakes and other things right they'd get it out to the force very quickly absolutely uh, yeah we but, had something we had something in navy called um we had approach magazine in aviation and we had safety magazine for uh the 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 uh the the, the uh, safety side of the house and uh and it had all kinds of um uh, you know, articles and 
uh, usually uh, really nasty pictures of what not to do. I mean, that was the, they used to have like a centerfold, which was a picture of a guy with a cotter pin through his thumb saying, you know, make sure you pay attention during FOD walk down, you know, that kind of thing. Right. For foreign object stuff, so right, um, but they got the point across, and I, I figured if they want to put a cartoon in there, by all means, do it because it's it's for uh, it's for our sailors, and if they get something out of it, bravo. Yeah, no, so, uh, but that was uh, that was probably one of the most useful publications yeah. that the army put out, right? Uh, and and they're not going to do it anymore. The stuff that they would pack into that every month. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? You know, they'll probably bring it back later on. Maybe. <laughs> you Maybe. probably have to. You know, uh, they didn't update manuals very quickly. So, you know, when a... Well, you know when, something, Paul? With the language barrier that's going to happen when they start recruiting uh, aliens, they're going to need something like a comic book. <laughs> I hate to tell you. But Stick they're, figures. They're going to they're be a language barrier, so they're going to have to use something akin to that. Yeah. Probably. So... Yeah. And it was interesting. They had characters. They had, you know, interesting characters that were recurring every month. And, you know, crusty old uh, motor sergeant and uh, a couple <laughs> like of a young Beetle Bailey? mechanics. Yeah, type <laughs> characters like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Cookie, the cook. <laughs> and cookie. they were reoccurring. So, yeah, that's I one of the know. few jobs in the Navy. I think they probably could hire people off the street. Uh, maybe, uh, but even the cook, the the uh, mess specialist job has become uh, incredibly complicated. I mean, they they've made everything difficult now, and uh, it's going to be a, a difficult proposition to have people in the navy without any high school uh, diploma. And they're going to be, you know, fairly. Uh, I don't want to say illiterate, but they're going to be uh, difficult for them to communicate, and they're going to be hard to to promote within the ranks. I mean, they're going to have to really do well as sailors in, in, in whatever area they choose to, to get promoted because they're going to get bowled over by their, their counterparts who have education because there's yeah. going to be a lot of pressure by the Navy to promote the people who have education. People are going to say, you know, I didn't go to college for nothing, and you're going to promote this, this guy without a high school diploma over me? It's going to, it's going to lead to problems. Or... What's going to happen is it's going to be a long road to promotion because the Navy's going to have to pull that person off the line right. to get them a degree right. so they can promote them. That's what they'll do, probably end up doing. I think they'll have to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I sent you a couple articles. There was one article talking about uh, um, that a, a portion of society is, is not signing up to join the military, mm. and that's creating the problem. Yep, that's and, a real problem, boy. Um you want to tell and, me? You want to and, talk about which portion? Well, I, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about it today. But no, we've we'll, got about a minute left. Okay, let's, yeah, we're not going to we'll say time, that. But I, I want to save that for next yeah. week. Then, but that, uh, that's a very deep subject, by the way. It is. Yeah, it is. It's. We could probably spend half the show talking about it next time. Right. But uh, I think it's important to know that uh, um, I it, it's having an effect, and it usually things usually hit the military before it hits the society at large. Right. But I think we're seeing it not only with the military. I think we're seeing it with law enforcement. I think yeah. we're seeing it with uh, for all first responders. Yeah. And I think uh, most people are afraid to talk about it out loud. Could Could, could I just end uh, with a little little nugget that I I pulled sure. off this morning? Stanford, Connecticut, just voted five to three. Uh, they're they're 
town council, city council, whatever, to uh, take Columbus Day and Veterans Day off the school holiday calendar. Isn't that special? Veterans Day is no longer going to be an observed holiday in Stamford, Connecticut. So, Unbelievable. So you're right. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. Just uh, hard to believe. Hard to believe. All right, folks, we have a lot more to talk about, and we're out of time this week in Valor Radio. But please, uh, let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, all those serving by their side. Please keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers, and please get involved. More important than ever, uh, start thinking about uh, what you're going to do this year. And if nothing else, you've got to be prepared to vote. Make sure you're registered. And when it comes time to vote in the fall, please vote. We'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Thank you for listening. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility. Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure. Being all that I can.